You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 63. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie and welcome to episode 63. I am so excited to bring you another great interview. And this one is chock full of time-saving tips that you can implement today. But before we dive into the interview, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, then welcome. I am Monica Louie and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ads strategist. I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than two and a half million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And while I absolutely love teaching about Facebook and Instagram ads, the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And if you're growing an online business, content is a huge part of what you do day in and day out. Whether you're a podcaster like me, a YouTuber, a blogger, or a social media influencer, I bet you spend a lot of your time on the content hamster wheel. And we know that to continue to grow our audiences and introduce new people to our brands, we need to consistently produce high quality content. Well, What if you could produce that content in a quarter of the time that it takes you now? My guest on the show today is here to share his time-saving system with us. I am so excited to have Pete McPherson on the show. Pete is a full-time blogger and podcaster at doyouevenblog.com, a resource for income-seeking bloggers and online entrepreneurs. He spends his days interviewing the world's top creators and entrepreneurs, including names like Neil Patel, John Lee Dumas, Nick Loper, Michelle Schroeder-Gardner, and many more, including me. Pete is also a genius when it comes to cranking out a metric ton of content, as he puts it. And Pete brought the goods to this interview. I can't wait for you to hear it. Here is just a taste of what you're going to learn. You're going to learn the four-part ranking system for figuring out which piece of content to produce next, how to create your content plan around your promotional calendar, what to do after you hit publish to promote and repurpose your content, how to find what Pete calls your lead domino to make producing and repurposing content a whole lot faster and easier, and the four-part process used to write a 4,000-word blog post in just 28 minutes. All of that and more. And by the end of this episode, you will be itching to try Pete's rockstar tips to produce better and faster content. 
Before we dive in, I want to make sure you know how you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 63. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash the number 63. All right, here's my interview with Pete McPherson from doyouevenblog.com. Hey, Pete, thank you so much for joining me on the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. Yay. Thank you, Monica. I am extremely excited to be here as well. I know we're going to be talking about, so I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I always love getting a chance to chat with you. And so I'm just really excited about... I mean, your podcast is actually one of my most favorite interviews I've ever done. So I've got to give a shout out to the Do You Even podcast. But for those that don't know, who are you? What do you do? What do you do in this world of online business? That's a great question. So hi, everybody. I'm Pete. My website is doyouevenblog.com. It's kind of a happy accident of a business or podcast or brand. Like I I kind of fell into it, so to speak. I won't give my entire backstory because I'd probably like talk your ear off for a few hours. But the shorter version is I used to be a full-time accountant. I was a CPA in Atlanta, Georgia. And I was always starting business or trying to start businesses, really. Starting blogs, lots of different blogs, lots of different podcasts for about a decade or more at this point. And back in 2016, 2017, I actually decided I wanted to do this more. I had the entrepreneurial itch, the entrepreneurial dream or whatnot. And so I decided to switch careers. I found like the perfect job. It was with a local startup it was going to pay me a salary, like less than I was making in accounting, but but still a salary and benefits and yada, yada, health insurance. And I only had to work part-time. So I was going to do this new job part-time and also start blogging part-time and just really try and figure out my side hustle. And long story short, I moved my family across the state of Georgia, back to my hometown, actually, where I grew up, family of four. My wife had kind of left her job as well. I started this new job at a startup and I got laid off after one paycheck. It was like three or four weeks in. They're like, Pete, we love you. You're super awesome. You're literally the best employee on the planet. Okay, they didn't say that. But they said like, you know, we just don't have the money to pay you. So at this point, I actually started interviewing other bloggers out of desperation. By the way, I was literally reaching out to people who I knew were making money on the internet. And I was asking them, please, can I just pick your brain? I'm desperate. I'll do anything. Can we just Skype? I need to figure out how you're making money. And after three or four of these interviews, first of all, I realized I loved doing them. Like I just like talking. You can't tell already. I I just love talking. I enjoy podcasting as it turns out. And I was like, why don't I keep doing this? And so that was the birth of Do You Even Blog. And ever since then, that was a little over three years ago now, I've been very fortunate to build it up to a sustainable income. And then, you know, it's been slow and gradual. It was never like this overnight success. It's still not, of course. But I run a YouTube channel, a podcast, and the blog. YouTube is actually my primary focus here in 2020. But yeah, I help people learn how to make money on the internet, specifically creators, bloggers, and podcasters. So that's a big, broad overview of everything Pete. I love it. Okay. Well, and you've got to check out his podcast, his YouTube. He's great on camera, YouTube channel, the blog, of course. Before we dive in, so I've asked Pete to join us because he's, I mean, he's a content machine. And I mean, over the years, he's produced tons and tons 
let's see, I've got 55 plus blogs over the past decade, 1500 blog posts, <laughs> 250 plus podcast episodes, 300 plus YouTube videos, 30 plus online courses over the past three years. I mean, that just boggles my mind how you even have time to do all that with a young family. So, but your website is so clean and simple. There's no clutter. It's, I mean, it's so easy to navigate. So I want to encourage everybody to go to doyouevenblog.com and check it out. Check out his content, but also check out the, the website. So can you just kind of share your insights into how you... I mean, what is your take on design? How do you mm-hmm. figure out how to like get rid of the clutter? I feel like it's so easy to add bloat to our websites. What is your... Do you have a take or a methodology there? Yes, I do, actually. And I've been dying for someone to ask me this on a podcast. Believe it or not, no one ever has. So I am so excited, Monica. Thank you for asking. Number one, nothing I have on any of my websites. I have like four or five, only one main one, but for every, for each of my big offers or bigger products, like I might have a specific landing page there, sales page, whatever. For all of those, I thought up, I dreamed up Literally none of it. It's all stolen from other people. I have, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I have a, a bookmarks folder in Google Chrome where I will just save websites I like, blog posts, designs. I like color schemes. I like, I have a whole folder just literally called retro design from like the, the 80s, like neon, purple. And I just have a humongous swipe file. Oh, fonts. Like literally, I can almost name fonts when I see them on a website. I could literally pull up like Flourish with Facebook ads or Flourish with 7figure, monoclude.com. And I could probably guess your fonts just because I saved hundreds of them. And so I can tell you right off the bat, my blog post design is stolen from a guy named Brennan Dunn. <laughs> Sorry, Brennan, if you're, if you're ever listening to this. He owns a company called Write Message. I know Pat Flynn loves Write Message as well. I believe he uses it on Smart Passive Income. Go check out Write Message's blog. You'll pretty much see my blog, but he did it first. I just kind of stole a few of those design elements. My color schemes, I kind of stole or slash borrowed from some of Airtable's. Airtable is a project management slash spreadsheet tool. I don't know. Airtable.com. I've kind of borrowed some of their colors. It's not exact, but just I found some things I like there. And the big takeaway and something that not everybody has, and unfortunately, this is the part that, that kind of stinks, is I actually taught myself how to implement such things, if that makes sense. As in, a lot of people will see a site and they'll be like, oh, that is so great. I could never make that. Or, you know, is that a WordPress theme? Can I steal that? Can I just buy that like WordPress theme or template or whatever? I actually figured out how to use Elementor, which was my favorite WordPress plugin of all time. It's a page builder slash theme builder. I recommend it to all anybody who has a website like to invest a couple of hours in a learning Elementor because that is what allowed me to take all of these other ideas that I saw and make them happen on my own site. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I really think that everybody needs to see your homepage and just scroll through. And then your website is just so easy to navigate. So maybe 
<laughs> you might be inspired to quote unquote steal <laughs> some of Pete's ideas. Oh, but I do. mean, I think I think in the never ending search of like how to put together a really nice website that's going to contain all the important information and pieces, you know, for your audience, but to do it in such a clear, easy to navigate way, I think you've captured it. So ooh, ooh. can I add something else? Yes, please. Extremely important. I should have said this up front. This is the actual correct answer to your question on design. It depends on your audience. Who is your audience? If Do Even Blog was Do You Even Pizza, as in it was sort of a food blog, my design would never work. It would never work in a million years for a few different reasons. But that's a different audience. If you go Google fried salmon recipe, you just click on the top... 37,000 websites, they're all going to have ads because that's how food bloggers make money. And we've kind of grown used to it. Like it or not, we have. They're all going to have lots of beautiful images or whatnot. It's going to be a different blog design than do you even blog. Now, who is my audience? My audience is content creators, mostly bloggers, some podcasters and or YouTubers, some online business fanatics in there. They're used to seeing ads. And so I don't put them on my site. Like that helps me stand apart. I don't do a whole lot of ads. I try and make it clean because my audience is hyper non-focused. What's the word there? Distracted, so to speak. I had to make my design help me stand apart, if that makes any sense. So the real answer to your question was, it depends on your audience. What do they need? What do they expect? And then how can you let design help you stand out? I know that's a little broad, but that's, I think that's the real answer to your question. I was nodding while you were talking because I, I mean, that comes back perfectly to what I do with Facebook ads is, you know, I'm always teaching, you know, think about who your audience is, not, you know, one for targeting, but then also when brainstorming your ad. So any piece of content with, whether it's your entire website, the ad, the blog post you're writing, I mean, you've got to keep your audience at the forefront. So I'm so mm. glad that you said that. Totally. Okay. So going back to the content, I mean, you are everywhere as we've already talked about. You're YouTube, podcast, blogging. I mean, did I miss something? You're on all the social (laughs) networks. And so how do you keep it all straight and manage your content calendar? And what tips do you have for those of us who are, you know, trying to just maintain consistency on one platform? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a loaded question. And the first thing I'll say is that I do this full time. A bunch of people listening to this might have day jobs. And yeah, I do have two young kids, but I'm also not their full-time caretaker. Like they're they're in school and school's in session. And my wife watches them when she's not working. She's a teacher, so she has like summers off. So right now she's actually downstairs with my kids. So I just want to say first and foremost, like I do this full-time. Not that I'm super amazing. I do this full-time. Now, to actually answer your question... I have a lot on this. I have a lot on this. I've been excited to talk about it ever since I found out we were going to reach into this. Allow me, before we talk about organizing, I want to say one thing about the ability to produce content, podcast, blog, YouTube, snail mail. I don't care. Email newsletters. I don't care. Social, doesn't matter. The ability to produce that content quick, faster, in less time I think is the highest ROI. Like if you could produce all of your content three times faster, organizing it wouldn't be quite as big a deal. It's when you organized your content 
creation versus your marketing, versus the time you spend in Monica's Facebook group getting better at ads, versus the time you spend creating products. That's the big issue. And my takeaway, what I really want to drive home, nobody believes me on this. In fact, I'm going to say this on your podcast and people are going to be like, okay, I get it, Pete. Producing content quickly is a muscle. And what do you do to build muscle? You exercise them. You get practice. It is not God's gift. You can, I mean, maybe some people produce more than others, faster than others, but it's a muscle you can train and get better at. And the more you do it, the stronger your content creation muscle becomes. A lot of people don't believe me when I say that. And then they do it once or twice. Like they try a new system or they they come to grips with their own perfectionism and they release a piece of content before they think it's ready or whatever it is. And then they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. So I just want to get that up front. That's a little idealistic. Apologies. Sorry, not sorry. But I want to say that first. Now, do you have any questions there or can I move on to organization? No, I appreciate that. I mean, I've seen that in my own content creation. When I batch produce podcast episodes, it mm. becomes so much faster and I, I just get in a flow. And then when I take a break and then I come back to it, then it becomes a little bit harder to do that first episode after I've taken that break. But then when I get into my rhythm, I do kind of see that it becomes easier. Okay. Yeah. I Batching is one of my favorite things ever, by the way. So next up, I would do want to talk about organization and actually answer your question. And then after that, I want to challenge people to think about their content differently. And just remind me of that in case I forget. So organization, I stink at this. That's going to blow your mind. But it it has taken me over three years at Do You Even Blog to even find a system that really works. I've been so not focused and all over the place with different channels and trying webinars and doing Facebook Lives and then YouTube and then blogs and podcasts and Instagram and all sorts of stuff. It has taken me a long time to find an organizational system that works for me. So that's actually the first big takeaway is that what works for me might not work for Monica, but that might not work for you. And it takes a little bit of trial and error and trying things. That's big takeaway number one. So here's what I do personally. I use Airtable. I used to use Trello. I kind of hated it. I never wanted to go in there. And so I ended up ignoring it. I tried Asana. Like these are all project management tools. I kind of hated it and it made me never want to go in there. So I stopped using it. The thing I used to do, Airtable and then Todoist. Airtable, I have one document and one document only. The title of it is literally DYEB content. Do you even blog content? And on this spreadsheet, it's more like a database, but it looks just like a Google Sheet, sort of. I have every piece of content some that are upcoming on YouTube, some that are I want to do on the blog, some that are going to be podcast episodes, this podcast interview, this YouTube live I'm going to do, this webinar I'm going to do. I have all my pieces of content on there and it's separated. I can actually provide a link. You can throw this in the show notes. People can copy this for free. It's out there. People can just grab this and use it. And I have it separated by platform. Meaning when you look at this, no one can see it right now, but when you look at this, you will see all of my YouTube videos up top. And then below that, you will see my podcast episode. Then below that, something, something else. Below that, something else. And then this is the cool part. This is like one of my big takeaways. I recommend everybody do this. I have a ranking system for what to produce next. 
I'll say that again. I have a ranking system for what to produce next. And I'll, I'll share what that is. There are four columns here, Monica. The first column is called search. And basically, it's a, these are like one to 10 ratings, by the way. It's how viable is this for search? And by search, I mean SEO or YouTube SEO. Uh, like basically, is this for bringing in new eyeballs, acquisition to my brand? Yes or no? Scale of one to 10. A 10 being, oh, this is a great keyword for this next YouTube video. Lots of people are searching for this. Not a whole lot of competition. I'm going to put a 10. Okay, that's search. That's the first column, one to 10. The next column is brand. How on brand is this content? And what I really mean by that is, has this been done before? <laughs> is this an actually new idea that's unique to Pete and do you even blog? Or is this like some how to start a blog piece of content, which has been done a billion times? How on brand is it? How much is this for my loyal audience, my loyal subscribers are really going to make them click and listen or click and read or whatever. Again, scale of one to 10. How to start a blog would be a one. That's not very on brand for me right now. Inside my brand new mini product funnel, one hour blog post, that's a 10 because no one else has done that. It's my product. It's my offer. It's my personal experiences. It's like a live case study, like that's, that's very on brand. That's the second column. So we have search, we have brand, and then we have motivation. And basically what this is, on a scale of one to 10, how motivated am I to produce this piece of content? It's funny how no one does this, but I swear this is a game changer for anybody. Like how much do I want to produce this right now? That last piece of content I mentioned, like inside my new project, my new experiment or whatever, I'm really excited about that. That might be like a eight or a nine. Like, oh, I'm, I'm excited to produce this content. And then I also have stuff that is a, like a eight or a nine on the search column. Like, oh, this is a great keyword. This is a good opportunity. But my motivation is just like, yeah, I don't really care about this. <laughs> I'm not excited to produce this content right now. And so I rank it, scale of one to 10. And the fourth column is the average. And the piece of content I produce next is the highest average based on search, based on brand, and based on my motivation. I sort by that on this Airtable document, like the highest averages are up top. That's what I do next. And for anybody who hasn't really experienced this, when you're excited about producing something, whether it's a product or a free thing, content or otherwise, you naturally are going to crank that out faster. You're going to want to work on it more. You're going to be excited to actually get it released. You're going to be excited to even create it. And so I use that. That's like a secret weapon that not a whole lot of people do. I rank things based on search, my brand, how motivated am I to do it? And that's what I do next. I love that. And that's pretty much it. That's all I use. I love that. Okay. So I think that's genius. I think that most people don't think things through as strategically as, <laughs> as you do. So I really like the plan. I like following a system. You know, I'm a step by step kind of girl. And so I really appreciate this. I have a question for you, though. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your promotion calendar and, you know, launches and things, then do you work that into play as well? Is that like an extra category that comes into play here? How does that fit in? Yes, I love this. For the longest time, I lived by the 12-week year. Have you heard of this book? 
And this I love this book, Pete. I follow okay. this book. I love this book. All right. I hate it. So we're going to talk about this. Okay. Not that I don't think it's great. I actually think it's fantastic. I loved the book when I read it. I tried implementing that in my own business. I tried hard, Monica. Like I really did. Like I, I took score. They teach you to do this in the 12-week year in that book. I tried really hard. I just failed at it. Like it just made me more stressed, more unorganized. I just couldn't do it. And so I fell into something. Oh, wow. This is almost exactly a year ago. July 2019, I switched strategies for my, my overall business goals and how I plan everything. And here's my strategy at this point. I plan everything, content, emails, everything based off my launches. So the answer to your question is how does that play into the picture? Everything else falls into that category. And let me just give you an example to make this hopefully a little bit more easy to understand. 2020. Well, first of all, 2020 has been an absolute insane year for everybody all over the world, especially people in the US. Well, I shouldn't say that. Everywhere in the world, for sure. But I live in the US, so I get to say that. It's been weird, but 2020 was set up like this. I launch in April, I launch June 1st, and I launch in mid-October. That's it. Three things. No 12-week year, no goals. I organize everything I do in my entire business around those three launches. And I've done some stuff in between for sure, but it's all been smaller projects. And how that plays into my content, whether it's social, whether it's blogs, YouTube, anything, is that roughly a month or two before these launches, I produce content for the launches. Here's an example. June 1, I launched PodCourse. It was terrible timing in retrospect, knowing what we know now about the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement and all this stuff. But the month before that, I was talking about podcasting. I was hitting the pain points. Podcasting seems overwhelming. It seems time-consuming. I don't even know if podcasting is really going to bring my business like an ROI. Like, is this actually going to make me money? Like, should I do a podcast? So I spent the four or five weeks before that launch talking about podcasting, addressing some of those pain points. I set up a webinar. Like, I started doing that stuff knowing that it was all leading up to this launch. And I'm going to do the same thing about a month from now, or a little bit more than a month from now, leading up to my membership launch in October, I'm going to be talking about strategy. And I'm going to be talking about accountability, <laughs> mastermind groups. I'm going to be talking about some of the unsexy strategies to actually find success in a blog, in an online business. I'm going to be talking about those pain points. So to answer your question, everything in my content calendar, everything I produce everywhere is based on my big product launches for the year. That's like my... <laughs> I tried the 12-week year, but I ended up just focusing literally everything on the things that make me the most money. And then everything else is secondary. Is that, did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. So then you take those ideas. You So you have your big picture launch calendar. And then you know you brainstorm topics for what's the content that's going to lead into mm -hmm. those promotions. And then you work that in to your Airtable list of ideas of what to write content on yes. or produce content yes. on. Yep, absolutely. Perfect. So that's how it all goes together. Okay, so you made a note earlier. You said, let's come back to this, how to think <laughs> about content differently. So what does that mean? Where are you going with that? Oh, uh, I forgot. I'm so glad you brought it back up. I completely lost track. Yes, so this has been a big revelation for me, specifically in regards to 
I get this question. When I first created uh, one-hour blog post, it was actually just a free blog post template. I've been giving it to people sort of for free for like two years now. I mean, I try to make it way better. But everybody would ask me like, this is so great. This, this has helped me produce better content faster. That's my goal. But what about after I hit publish? That's like the big thing. People want to know like, okay, I shared it on Twitter. I shared it on Facebook. I shared it in my private Facebook group. Like, is that all? Am I missing anything here? Uh, especially new bloggers. And so I've been talking recently and I'm actually creating a course for my funnel. We can talk about this separately in a little while. It's called Content Everywhere. And it's pretty much my course on promoting and repurposing. And I'm getting back around to your point. One of the first lessons in this course, I literally recorded this this week, like a few days ago, is, I don't really remember what it's called, but it's basically this. Thinking of your content in terms of topics, not pieces of content. As in a blog post, that's one piece of content. An Instagram story, that's one piece of content. A blog post, that's one piece of content. YouTube Live, that's one piece of content. And a lot of creators are kind of hung up on, I got to produce this one piece of content. Now, one mental shift that I kind of encourage anybody who is looking to have their content everywhere to repurpose content for audio and video or vice versa or to IGTV or whatever is to stop thinking about it in terms of individual pieces of content and start relying more on topics. And the easiest thing to do for these people who want to repurpose content is go on a, let's just say a weekly basis. I know my friend Chelsea, she has monthly themes. She does podcasts and she also has some blog posts that come out every now and then. And she does some Facebook lives and she does a monthly theme. This month I think is actually on like, uh, she, she talks to moms. So it's on like earning more. And she talks about budgeting one month and then she'll talk about planning for your family one month. And then one month will be like, I don't know, meal prep and groceries and stuff like that, like monthly themes. But even that, thinking on a, on a project per project basis, like for me, I'll give you another example. A couple of weeks ago, it was quitting your day job just for like one week-ish or so. That was a large majority of what I produced content on. And I did a YouTube video first and foremost. I actually call that the lead domino. We can come back to that if you want. And then all of the other content I produced on social, I did like a tweet storm on Twitter. I didn't actually do a blog post for this, but if I did, it would have been on this same topic. And the good thing is, once you like, if you kind of think about it that way, it's less about each individual platform and more about easily repurposing the same content on a lot of different channels. Does that make sense? It's a little bit hard to talk about an audio format, but just that little mental shift of looking at it on a topic basis versus a piece of content basis. Hopefully right. that was... <laughs> so so you produced the YouTube video. What did you call that? Your pillar content or... The lead domino. Mm-hmm. Lead domino. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want me to talk about that? Can we explain it? Yes. Yes, okay. please. For the longest time, like literally a decade before Do You Even Blog... I was mostly a blogger and it was very difficult for me. I'm not a writer. I don't consider myself a good writer. It takes me the longest out of any of these other platforms. Like I just, I was just not very good at writing. And one day, this guy, his name was Brian Harris. 
Growth Tools, I think is the name of his company now. It used to be Video Fruit. Anyways, this guy told me, not directly, but I learned this in a course of his. He was like, if you find yourself struggling to write, try recording audio first. Like literally pull out your phone. I'm holding my iPhone now for people who can't see me. Open the voice recorder app or something, hit record, and then talk through your content. And by the way, you can do this for sales pages. You can do this for whatever. And then just delete it. Like that wasn't for anybody else. That was just for you to process your idea. And when I tried this for the first time, I will not lie, Monica, my mind was blown. And as it turned out, my brain, Pete's brain, it processes information by talking. Like I'm a talker. I can ramble on for a long time. And I found that after I did that, like I just recorded my voice for like five minutes, like five minutes. And then I hit delete. Writing a blog post was so much easier. I can't even like explain once I figured that out. Now, about a year, a year and a half later, after I started doing that, I created my first webinar using literally PowerPoint, like webinar slides. You've seen these. If anybody's watched a webinar, you've seen like just webinar slides. And I had another just incredible epiphany. Through the act of creating webinar slides, I got so clear about this content that I was producing. I could just bang out a YouTube video or a podcast episodes or blog posts, or it doesn't even matter. The process of creating webinar slides for me, it got me so clear. It's, it's kind of incredible. And so the point is, I would ask anybody listening to this who creates content, what is your lead domino? Meaning the very first domino that you hit it, and then it knocks all the rest of them down. Like what is your main piece of content that makes repurposing or producing content for different channels easier or quicker? What is your lead domino? For me to this day, by the way, it's still either outlining in a Google Doc or creating webinar slides. I do that before each course, each lesson in each course, each podcast episode, each YouTube video. Like I literally have a big folder in Google Drive, a Google Doc for each piece of content because outlining and then sometimes creating webinar slides is what works for me. It gets me crystal clear on the content and it just makes it that much easier and faster to create. So that's the lead domino. I love that. I love that so much. And I've, I mean, just thinking back, I've done that same thing where Mm. I'll go, I'll feel like I've got this big project that I need to get done. And I'm just feeling like it's all in my head. And I, before I can even get on the computer to start writing down my ideas, I'll go and I'll talk to my husband or I'll talk to a team member and kind of like spit it out a little bit. And then that helps me kind of clarify the direction of where yeah. I'm heading. So that's kind of yeah. what I'm doing. I'm just not as, as um, systematic and intentional with it. It just kind of happens. So I've got to start doing that more consistently. That's huge. Yeah. And I mentioned one of my friends earlier, Chelsea. She's the opposite of me. She cannot do that verbally first. Like that is not her lead domino. She has to actually write it. Like the act of writing, you know, on a keyboard that is, or by hand. For her, that's her lead domino. It helps her do the podcast content way faster and way easier, but she has to write it first. Some people, that's literally a pencil and a piece of paper. Like by hand, that helps them get clear so they can produce content elsewhere. I just think it's a really cool concept. I like doing it intentionally though. You, you mentioned the word intentional. I think it's worth uh, looking into that if 
anybody listening to this feels they don't have their lead domino, <laughs> I think it's worth spending a, a couple of days thinking about and, and going through. I think so too. Absolutely. I think that's a huge tip that already is going to save a lot of people a lot of time when it comes to producing content. So mm -hmm. what is next? What other tips and advice do you have for us to be able to produce content efficiently and you know produce more? And as you said, the more you do, the faster you get. So what kind of frameworks do you have? What can you share with us? <laughs> I was actually doing some searching on my computer looking for my my PowerPoint slides that I created for this course that features the lead domino and everything. I can't find it right now. So I'll just I'll just wing it here. But in general, so I'll promote one hour blog post, which is my micro product. It's like 27 bucks. People can go find it. And please do because okay, the reason I mean this product sparked this conversation today. So I learned about Pete's um, one-hour blog post and I visited his sales page and I was looking at this and I was like, this is genius. I need to have Pete come on and talk yeah. about how he produces so much content so efficiently. So here we are. So let's bring it back around and give credit where it's due. I mean, to this awesome product you have. Well, the cool thing is I can actually tell you exactly what's in these tools in one hour blog post. And that won't actually discourage anybody from selling it. In fact, that probably sell it on its own. So let me let me tell you what's in there. And people can just, you don't even need one hour blog post. You can literally take this anywhere. So here's what I kind of found out over the years. And whenever people would ask me, this is like literally Monica, the first podcast interview I've done talking about content production publicly, which is weird for me to think about. But I like, I've talked with it with people in my mastermind group. And generally what I come up with is that idea of the lead domino and also the how you process information part of that, like getting clear on your topic. It's so difficult to produce content anywhere. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. If you're not like really crystal clear on how to explain things, what to show people, how to teach XYZ topic or subtopic, like if that's not already in your head, creating content is a disaster time suck. Like you have to do research and then more research and don't quite understand it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can only produce content on stuff that you really, really know, but it just makes that getting to know phase that much more important. So here's how we start off in one hour blog post getting clear on the topic. And I ask four or five little questions. I call them prompts. And these I didn't make these up. I stole these from a guy named Donald Miller who wrote a book called Story Brand, which is fantastic, yes. by the way. Another People should go read that. one of my favorite books. Oh, so good. I love it. So some of these are, quite frankly, just borrowed from that. I need to use the word borrowed from steel from that one. So here we go. The first question that I ask people is, what's the content about in one sentence? Like just a no one's ever going to read this. Just write it out on a piece of paper. What is this content about? Well, it's about how to bake a chicken with no carbs. Okay, that's great. Moving on. Who's it for? The avatar, the audience. Who is it for? Just write it out in like one or two sentences. Well, this is for busy moms with multiple children who don't have several hours to cook, but still want a delicious chicken recipe with low carbs. Okay, cool. That's who it's for. That's number two. Number three, what is the happy ending? And this is straight from StoryBrand. What is the desired outcome? 
of reading this blog post or listening to this podcast interview or watching this YouTube video or going through this webinar or whatever, or buying this product, what is the desired outcome, the happy ending? Well, after reading this blog post, moms will literally have a recipe in hand that's only going to take them 60 minutes total to bake this delicious chicken recipe with low carbs. They'll have that in hand and they'll know what to do. Okay, that's the happy ending. The last part of this prompt is what's the challenge? What's the roadblock? What's the problem that's holding them back? This might be tough for this example, but it could be I don't know any recipes, a knowledge gap. I don't know this subject. I don't know anything about this subject. Or it could be I don't have the tools to do this thing, or it could be any number of things. But what is a challenge? What is keeping them? already from achieving this goal, from getting the happy ending. So going through this again, I love defining things in one sentence. What's this post about? Who is it for? What's the avatar? Just write it out really quick. Like if it takes you more than 30 seconds, that's too long. Just write it out. Be sloppy. Next, what's the happy ending? What's the goal? What does this post teach? What does this content do? What does this product do? What's the happy ending? And then what's the problem? that you're helping people overcome? What's the pain point there? What's the challenge? What's the roadblock? What is that? Writing those things out in five minutes, or let's just say 10 minutes, 10 minutes will help you producing a piece of content. And the reason, if any bloggers are in the house listening to this, you've probably hit this point before where you're like two or three hours into a blog post and you're looking back and you're like, oh, this is actually not even what I set out to write about. Like my topic changed. I thought it was going to be this headline, but this headline doesn't even apply anymore. Like I've literally ended up producing a different piece of content. And sometimes that's fine, but that can also waste a massive amount of time. So just getting very clear about the subject. That's part one of one hour blog posts. Just following a few prompts. And actually there's there's one or two more parts. One would be actually thinking through lots of different headlines and titles up front. People say, like, spend a lot of time on your your subject lines and your headlines. I actually, I agree, by the way. But I actually think it's worth doing up front just to help you get a better idea of what you're producing, if that makes sense. Got any questions so far? No, I mean, I think that brainstorming the headline up front helps you kind of get clear on that end goal of what the goal of this piece of content is. But again, I mean, these prompts it comes back to being intentional with what you're going to sit down and produce. So, I mean, keep going. I'm loving this. Yeah. Okay. So the next part of one hour blog post is straight into the intro. And a bunch of people say like, write the intro last. I'm not one of those people. I just like to write or produce. Like when I do a podcast, it's the same thing. I do the intro. And quite frankly, I've straight up adapted the ADA framework for marketing and copywriting. Do you know this? The ADA framework? A-I-D-A? Please tell us. Okay. It stands for attention. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. I'm like put on the spot now. I think it's attention, interest, desire, and then action. I think I got that right. The copywriters can slam me in the, <laughs> the show notes if I did. But I use this for my intros. YouTube, podcast, blog, sales pages, does not matter. I've stolen this framework. I use it almost every time. So attention is first. And I'm literally, I have one hour blog post pulled up, by the way. I'm just going to read this. It says, get their attention and or share the big idea for the article. 
Now, for example, Monica, this podcast episode right here, if you were introducing this, if you were writing an intro for the show notes or something, your first sentence could say something like this. This is the attention. What if you could produce blog posts in a quarter of the time that it currently takes you? Just grabbing people's attention up front. It also like says what this piece of content is about, saving time. What if you could produce blog posts in a quarter of the amount of time it currently takes you? That's like a big, high-level, attention-grabbing sentence. That's the A. The I, interest, is... I'm literally reading from one-hour blog post again. This is so easy for me to just like read this. Try to emphasize the need for the content. As in, prove to the reader, prove to the listener, whatever, that they need to read this. Now, here's the, the same example here. This is from one-hour blog post. We all know that blogging consumes a ton of time. And in fact, it even took me 10 years to develop a system that works. But in fact, I once used this system to write a 4,000-word blog article in less than 28 minutes. It's true. That's like, the, it emphasizes the pain point. We all know blogging consumes a ton of time. And then it also keeps them interested to read more. It took me 10 years to develop the system, but now that I have it figured out, I did this incredible thing. So what have we hit? We've hit attention and interest. Attention is just a big, you know, hyperbolic, attention-grabbing thing. Interest is the pain point, talking about why they need your content or why they need your product. The third one is desire. And basically what desire is, is say, I have this answer for you. Make them desire to read the rest of the post, to listen to the next to the podcast. And you can do that by just showing them what you're going to do. Now, here's the example. Continue on that same example. What if you could produce blog posts in a quarter of the amount of time? We all know blogging takes a ton of time. There's a million different things to think about. But this system I have right here, I once used this to create a 4,000-word article in 28 minutes. It's true. Now, here's the desire sentence. And the best use, it's actually not that complicated. And I'm going to teach you this in this blog post. Keep reading. So I know I'm, I know we're going a little bit deeper, Monica, but that's actually the... I didn't hit the action part, by the way, because that's your outro of your content. But that's the A and the I and the D. And I encourage people to just start with this, even if you end up changing it a little bit. Start with this framework, attention, interest, desire for your intros to your content and then go, then move on. You can always come back and change it later. But that's the next step. Are you still with me? Yes, okay. I am. I'm... I'm grinning from ear to ear because I absolutely love this. This is genius. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I don't know how much time uh, you have or how much you want to keep going, but I'm more than willing to keep going if you are. I'm good if you're good. Okay. The next part is the, the core content. And there's actually only two more parts. There's the content, the meat of your webinar, the meat of your blog post, the meat of your podcast, whatever. And then there's the outro. And that's it. So the core content, I like to start with outlining but that's my lead domino. And what I really encourage people to do is like we already talked about before, experiment and try and figure out how your brain works. For me, it's either speaking it aloud. Sometimes I still do that, but not as often. And outlining. And I actually consider creating webinar slides kind of outlining because that's, that's a little bit like what it is. I'm not writing out a whole bunch of content. I'm just putting like the bullet points. 
right? That's what an outline is. So for me, that's, that's like brain fuel. After I nail that down, like I can talk about the content. Some people it's writing. Some people it's literally hand writing. Some people it's talking, whatever. So figure that out. And then I have here in one hour blog posts, more specifically, <laughs> I have what I call rules. My rules are don't take your fingers off the keyboard. Or if you're recording a podcast, like do your best to not stop hitting record. Even if that means stopping and starting over again, that's fine. But just do your best to not stop writing, not stop recording. If you're doing the YouTube, I do my YouTube videos the same exact way. I'll mess up and I'll have to start a sentence over again or start a paragraph over again, but I do not stop recording. Like that film is a rolling and I am going to keep going. And what that does is forces me to not go look at Facebook or not go check my email or not go distract myself in any other way. Like literally close down all your tabs except for WordPress. Or if you're recording a podcast, like don't stop recording. If you're doing like your intros or outros or solo voiceovers or whatever, same thing for YouTube. Don't stop recording. And I think that more than anything else has helped me to really, really, really produce faster. And that's kind of what I tell people to do in one hour blog posts as well. Like, here you go. Here's a bunch of white space. Don't stop writing till it's done. Like, do your best. That's not always viable, but just do your best to edit later, to format later, to add images later, to add links later. Come back and do all that stuff. But right now, get the first draft done as soon as humanly possible. That's it. It's not fancy. There's no tricks. There's no hacks. There's no nothing. People already know that they need to do that. It's just funny how when somebody like me or like you or like anybody gives them permission to do that and they do it, they're like, oh, wow, that actually worked. So no, that's kind of lame. Everybody's probably heard that advice before, but that's what I got. No, I love it. Do you ever set a timer to see if you can like beat the clock, so to speak, or, you know, <laughs> I'm going to get it done in the next 20 minutes, anything like that? Do you do that to yourself? I do, actually. Yeah, I don't know if I recommend it because it kind of stresses me out, but it works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, what I'll do is I, I used to use tomato timer. Have you ever heard of this? I've tomato heard timer? of a tomato timer. Is it an app or something? Oh, Pomodoro. Isn't that what it's called? Yes. The Pomodoro technique? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've heard of that. The tomato timer is just like a tiny little app that follows the Pomodoro. Like you work for 20 minutes and then you take a couple of minutes off. I've never been really good at that, but 20 minutes is generally my go-to of I'm not going to take my fingers off the keyboard or whatever I'm doing for 20 minutes. And I'll usually just use Google timers. Like I'll, I'll type in Google Chrome, what are they, like 20 minute timer or stopwatch or something like that. And I'll just hit go. Yeah, I've done that a few times. Oh, I do have a trick. I call this the ASDF hack. And if anybody like puts their left hand on their keyboard, like in the in the normal typing position, you know that your fingers are on A, S, D, and F. Well, the other cool thing about ASDF is that there's not really any words that have that in there. Like, I don't know if there's a single word in the English language, at least, that has ASDF in the word. So this actually makes it perfect as a placeholder to come back to later. And so here's what I mean. If I'm writing a blog post in, let's just say WordPress. If I'm writing right there in WordPress, in order to get the first draft done as soon as humanly possible, which is one of my rules, 
I won't even add images or graphics or links. Like I'm, I'm writing about Facebook ads. I'm going to link to Monica's website. I'll do that later. What I'll do is I'll go to a new line. I'll run my left hand over the keyboard where it just cranks out ASDF. ASDF is super quick. My left hand was already there because that's the position on the keyboard. It's ASDF. And then I'll write, insert link to Monica's site or make the above paragraph a header or insert image of blank, insert graphic of blank. Do make this a quote. Like I will give instructions to myself using this little ASDF placeholder and then I'll keep going. Like I'll keep writing. And the beauty is that when I'm done with the first draft, I will literally command F or control F if you're one of those weird people that uses a PC instead of a Mac. That was a joke. Uh, you can command F or control F to search your page. And what do you search for? A-S-D-F. And then you just go down and like put in the image and then remove the placeholder and then insert that link to Monica's site and then remove the placeholder. I've been doing this for like years. I just love it. It's so much fun. Oh, that's huge. Okay. I'm loving this. I'm going to implement all these tips. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> so thank you. You're okay. Welcome. So that is the core content. And then what do you have for us for the outro? That's the action. Oh, well, people overcomplicate, overcomplicate, excuse me, myself included, the outros. So here's what I have in one hour blog post. And I generally kind of stuck to this even before I created like this, this template, this tool. The one sentence conclusion like there's no need to be clever. Just keep it short and simple and sweet. Like the one sentence conclusion of your blog post, of your podcast, just say it. And then after that, it's really the only thing after that is what is the next step? The CTA, the call to action, if you will. And that depends on your platform. For me on YouTube right now, it is watch this next video because that's part of my YouTube growth strategy is to keep people on YouTube. YouTube likes that. It's been working really well. So my next step is like, okay, I need to think through what I want the reader to do. Go read this other blog post. Uh, buy my product here. Join my email list uh, from this freebie lead magnet. Do this. Do that. Comment below. Share this post. You can have multiple CTAs. Some people kind of go back and forth saying like, you only need one. I think I'm more of a only need one type of guy. But in general, like think through the next step. What's the next step you, to lead your audience on? And then after that, in one of our blog posts, at least, I encourage people to generally leave with a question. This is so easy. Like just leave with a question. Specifically for commenting, by the way, this is great. Like ask a question. The last sentence. So uh, over to you, Monica. What is a great way that you've found to save time? Comment below or something like that. And that's it. One sentence conclusion, just sum it up. You can even make that like a subheader if you want to, or just use the word conclusion. A bunch of people are against that, but if you go look at people like Neil Patel, right? <laughs> I'm not like a huge Neil Patel fan, but let's be honest, like that guy has figured out something. You go look at like half of his outros, it usually just says conclusion. And then it's like super simple, straightforward, and then a call to action. And it's like every single piece of content. So sum it up in one sentence. What's the next step? Write out the call to action, what you want them to do, and then maybe sum it up with like a question. Like, so what do you think about this? Or even if you're not asking people to comment, you can still like just kind of leave people hanging a little bit with a question. And pretty much that's it. I love it. 
That's genius. Okay. This entire system. So you've got it all in the one hour blog post. But I mean, as we've talked about, we've kind of referenced multiple times, you can use this process for your podcast episode for your YouTube. So it can, even though it's called one hour blog post, because that's a cool name, you can use it for any type of content. So where can people go to learn about one hour blog post? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Do you even blog.com forward slash one HR blog post? No hyphens, no underscores, no dashes, no nothing. Just one hour, as in one HR blog post. Or you can just go to doeevenblog.com. I think I linked to it from the homepage. You do. And I will put the link in the show notes as well. So it's easy for folks to find. So you mentioned that this is one piece in your funnel. Do you have time to briefly talk about your funnel idea? Because you know how I geek out about funnels. Yes. And it's worth mentioning at this point, you didn't ask me to say this, but I'll, I'll say it anyways. Something I love about Monica is every time I come back into her private community for paying for Flourish a long time ago at this point, I've been seeing tremendous value. So the funnel I'm about to share starts with Facebook ads. It doesn't necessarily have to, but I've been starting with Facebook ads. I just want to give you a compliment that what I'm about to share would absolutely not be possible for me personally without you and your help over the past several years, just being honest. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. So yeah, I love funnels in general. I just I kind of nerd out on value ladders. I don't know if that word has come up a lot on your your past podcast guests or whatnot, but offers and how they lead into the next offer and how they lead into your higher priced offers or services or memberships or or whatever that is. Like I, I kind of geek out. I find this a little bit interesting. And so one hour blog post, and I'm getting super meta here, Monica, and people are going to see this if they go check it out. One hour blog post is the very first step in my newly hatched, it's still pretty new, literally launched less than two months ago, little offer funnel. And I'll tell you exactly what you're going to experience. You're going to say, oh, cool, sweet. I heard Monica and Pete talking about one hour blog post. I think I'm going to buy it for 27 bucks. And you're going to click the button and you're going to go to my cart page and you're going to see the checkout form. You can enter in your payment details to pay Pete money. But you're also going to see a bump offer. For those who don't know what that is, a bump offer is generally another cart add-on, so to speak, before you publish. Before you publish. An offer, another offer, before you publish. Oh, oh, hey, you're buying this other thing. Do you want to also add this to your order for only like $9 more? It's the typical thing at checkout, right? You're at the grocery store and they're like, hey, would you also like this stick of gum? Actually, no one does that anymore. But you know what I mean? Maybe you're at a coffee shop. Would you like to add on a blank to your order or at Wendy's or something? That's the bump offer. And I have one. It's called Lightning Writing. (laughs) Cue applause. Lightning writing. Come on. Uh, It's lightning writing. And it's pretty much the system I use that I've been talking about. Plus a little bit more. So you could still pay me money and and see me do this. But it's the system for the tools. One hour blog post is tools. You can literally get value from one hour blog post right when you sign up. It's not a course. It's not a bunch of learning. It is tools. It's a bunch of templates. There's a total of... I have some bonuses in there. So it's like 10 or 15 different templates for Airtable and Google Docs and article ideas. And there's a bunch of in there. It's the tools. The bump offer is the system. It's not the tools. It's the system. It's how to use the tools 
in the best way possible for the most efficient way possible. And it's called lightning routing. And the next step in the funnel is even more expensive. And it's not done yet, by the way. I'm still, I'm still making it. It's so new. It's not even out yet. It's called content everywhere. And we talked about this a little bit as well. And it's basically going to be, I don't know what the price point is. It's either going to be somewhere between $97 and like $297, like somewhere in that range. And it's going to be the strategy. So step one, the smaller tier product, 27 bucks, it's the tools. Step two in this little value ladder and this little offer funnel is the system. It's more specifically like how to use the tools. And then after that is the big strategy, the overall connecting everything to really get, in my case, at least for this funnel, to really get content out on the internet that is getting a bigger audience, reaching more people, getting email subscribers, getting sales eventually, right? It's the bigger picture strategy, tools, systems, strategies. And I think those three things like right there are a great place for anybody to start when talking about their offers and their funnels. And the last thing I'll say on this is a lot of people listening to this probably already have the big items. Your $2,000 freelance services or your $997 online course or your ongoing $50 a month membership or stuff like that. Like you probably already have some ideas there. Hopefully you do. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to scale to seven figures, you probably already have a good idea of what that is. And if you want to think about it this way, the tools, system, and strategy, that can actually be a good little framework, if you will, for figuring out lower tier offers that are going to lead people to your high offers, if that makes any sense. And by the way, I didn't make any of this up. I'm not the first to like shout this from the rooftops. I just wanted to kind of share how that looks for my business right now in one hour blog post and this particular funnel because I thought it would be helpful for people. That's all. No, I appreciate it. And you know, I love geeking out about this stuff. And then you also have online impact. And so can you share about that? I know that's like your signature program. So can you share what that is and how it fits into all of this? <laughs> sure. At the moment, that's my kind of ultimate upsell. Like that's what I'm eventually leading people to. And just an FYI, as a side, I've never told anybody this. Part of the reason it's not earlier in the funnel is because honestly, it's been very difficult for me to sell. It's a membership community. I have all of my online courses there and all my tools. And we do live calls two times a month. And we do mastermind group matching for our members. And there's like a whole suite of benefits, which is great, except for the fact that that actually makes it sometimes more difficult to sell. <laughs> if it were just a course on how to like quadruple your SEO traffic in 30 days, like I'm pretty sure I could sell it a lot easier, but neither here nor there. So it is our private membership community. And quite frankly, this is part of why it's been so difficult to sell. I haven't figured out a way to sell it in a sentence or two. So to answer your question... I'll not try and sell it and just try and say what it is. And I think I even told you this off air. It's kind of taking care of the unsexy parts of building an online business. There are lots of really fun, desirable things like selling, like launching courses, like selling digital products, creating memberships or whatever, and or growing traffic and how to dominate on Pinterest and how to dominate SEO and 
all those things are great. I teach people. I can help people with SEO and Pinterest or whatnot. But that's actually not where my particular strengths lie. What I've been really good at, and this is what Online Impact is, is facilitating a system and a community of people, the program at large, to help people with all the other stuff, responsibility, accountability, staying persistent, getting the occasional kick in the pants from Pete, finding friends that you can actually rely on when you want to quit, when something isn't working, you know, just building a group of people that will help you on your journey. Like all those things are kind of, for lack of a better word, like a little bit unsexy, but that's what we do. So there's the non-salesy sales, if you will, of online impact. And right now that's the end of the funnel. Very cool. Awesome. Yay. So where can people go and find out more about... We've already talked about one on our blog post, but where can they find out about you? Where should they go? Follow you, YouTube, podcast, name all the things. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I would probably just point people to doyouwomenblog.com. You spoke so highly of my my homepage. I'll, I'll just shout that one out there. And there, if you really want to dive into more, you can kind of get links to the YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure it's like right at the top of my site on the menu bar. That's where I produce most of my content right now. But you can also check out the podcast there. Monica's been on the show. You can listen to that. Find the blog post. One of our blog posts is there too. I just point people to my homepage. Doyouwomenblog.com. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you, Pete. Is there anything else that we should touch on today? This has been such a wonderful, like so many nuggets. I just can't wait to implement. Mm. You know what? Yeah. Here's the big takeaway. And I set it up front. All of this stuff, getting better at blogging, podcasting, copywriting, selling products, anything, Facebook ads, it is a process. It's not a, I did it, I learned how to do it, and now I'm done. SEO, Pinterest, copywriting, Facebook ads, all that stuff is a constant process. And like I mentioned at the top, it's a muscle. You exercise, your muscles get bigger, you get better. The faster you produce content, the faster you produce content. The more content you produce, the faster you produce content. Everything is a process and everything a muscle that you can get better at. I just want to leave people with that. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pete. This was such a great conversation. I can't wait to share this with everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. It's been a lot of fun. I nerd out on this stuff. So this has actually been fun for me. It's kind of sad. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank Pete once again for joining me on the podcast today and sharing his amazing tips with us. I can't wait to implement them. And I'm sure you can't either. Be sure to check out his super sleek website at doyouevenblog.com and subscribe to his podcast and YouTube channel. And you can check out his content and action. You will not be disappointed. Pete and I would love to hear which tip you're going to add to your content creation toolbox first. So share those with us in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 63 or tag us on Instagram. I'm at Flourish with Monica and he is at Blogger Pete. You can find all the links and resources that we mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 63. Thank you so much for joining Pete and me today. If you are ready to scale your business with Facebook ads, then check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. You can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through these six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert, 
Plus, there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you dive into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you love a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest ads, go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. Now, as I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that we mentioned today in the show notes, and you can find those at monicalouie.com slash 63. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast. It truly helps get the podcast found by more people and subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Brand new episodes come out every single Thursday. And next week, I've got another great episode heading your way. Please join me for next week's episode of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish.